Galbert picks up another first down with his feet. Still going. Galbert will take it all the way into the end zone for a 49ers touchdown. San Francisco has the ball back. First and 10 from their own 29-yard line. As Galbert goes deep for Torrey Smith, he makes the catch. And Smith wins the game for the San Francisco 49ers. 71 yards from Blaine Gabbert to Torrey Smith. Wow! It's time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. Oh, indeed. Yo, wow. <laughs> Thanks for joining us once again, Gold Faithful 49ers Radio Show. That voice you just heard is Nick Winkler. Hey. You can find him on Twitter at Bay Area Wink. You can find me at BD Peacock. Uh, also, iTunes, subscribe, review. We're on Instagram at Gold Faithful Podcast. You can phone into the show. Not live, but you can leave a message or you can text us, leave a rant, 415-858-0094. Uh, so send any questions in that way or just tell us whatever you would like. Yeah. We have an email. Goldfaithful49 at gmail.com. All easy to find. Get a hold of us. Let us know. Get at What's us. What's going on? 49ers Big are going win. on, right? Big win. Four and eight. The arrow's pointing up. They're going to win a few games yeah. at the end of the season. Got and that I, road win. That was tough. Yes. That, yeah. It's Every Sunday, it's like, which 49ers are going to show up? Because yeah. there was the home 49ers, there was the road 49ers, and the home Niners showed up on the road in and Chicago. They haven't won, won at Soldier Field in 25 years, and they show up, and what a game. I mean, it was exciting. It wasn't it wasn't pretty by any means. I mean, you know, a lot of mistakes on both sides. A lot of opportunities for them to yeah. not win that game. Sure, sure. Um, Blaine Gabbert, though, 2-2 two and two in four starts. Hard to argue that. He's got a, a QBR of 89.5. I like it. Six total touchdowns, three interceptions. He's... Averaging 241 yards passing and 35 yards rushing. That's almost 300 yards he's averaging a game. Right. And that's not a high-powered no. offense. They're no. not running a, a billion plays not. a game either. No, a lot of three and outs right. in that one. So he's over. He's 63% passing. Right. He's um, five touchdowns to three interceptions. He can find the end zone more often. That's probably the he's number one He's got that thing. one rushing touchdown. We just heard it. Right. Yeah. That was awesome. What, what were the Bears doing it, on that play? It looked like they thought he was going to slide. You know, you could see them kind of leaning like, oh, he's going to slide yeah. right now. And they kind of back off, and I, he just kept running. It did kind of look that way. It looked awkward, and I bet if you ask the Bears defense, I bet if you ask just defenders around the league, they're probably really annoyed because they can't hit yeah. the guy, but they don't want to pull back either because stuff like that happens. Um, and, you know, that was the big matchup, Vic Fangio. Yeah. That was Vic Fangio's defense. And they burned him twice late for the win. It was a very exciting game. The the missed 36-yard field goal from Robbie Gold, who's one of the most accurate kickers of all time. And he misses two in this one. And I mean, Jay Cutler just looked bad. I, I'll be honest, I sold my soul a little bit and went with Jay Cutler in my fantasy football league. Oh, that's what you get. That's what I get. You know who I sat? Blake Bortles. Oh, I thought you were saying Blaine Gabbert. Five touchdowns. Oh yeah, Bortles. and then Bortles goes crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. that course. was the fantasy god saying, "Oh yeah. what? What, what are you, you doing? Do? Yeah, you bet you went against your team in this one. All right, it's like the fantasy god is next door to the 49ers football <laughs> yeah, god, and is like, "Hey, did you hear what Winkler did?" I never want to talk about fantasy football again. <laughs> so you are not in the playoffs. Ah, this let's week. move on right? here. Uh, yeah. yeah, nobody wants to hear about it anyway. Yeah, Cutler Seriously. did not play well for Chicago. No, he uh, did not. Part of that was a Niner D playing pretty good. You know, they, the good Niners showed up. Ooh, Navarro um, Bowman looked good. Yeah. 14 tackles, 13 solo. And the most impressive play of the game when he called that screen pass. You know, as I the, the Jimmy Ward oh, right, pick right, six. Right. Yeah. You could see him like, oh, screen, 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 just pointing it. And Jimmy Ward's like, you're Jimmy right. Ward, that he that tr- does look Jim, like a screen. The one thing, because Jimmy Ward has, has played a lot better this year, and the one thing he hasn't had is a lot of big plays. Yeah. 
And that was so big. That was nice to see. That was a huge play. Well, it was their first six. first quarter touchdown of the season. Right. Which is, I mean, it's on their defense, too. So they still don't have an offensive touchdown in the first quarter. And speaking of Cutler, did you hear about his brother-in-law? No. So uh, Kristen Cavallari. Is, okay, yeah. Is, She's attractive. Right. And her brother, Michael, has been missing since the day after Thanksgiving. What? Yeah. So some people were saying this might be kind of weighing heavily on Jay Cutler. Oh, man. And I, I just... I, I didn't get the full story except for that he's been missing, and they nice. found his car, and it was empty, sign. and nobody's heard from him, and it was out in the middle of nowhere in Utah or something like you that. You watch that show, uh, The Leftovers? Yes. Yeah, there we go. Oh, so, it's like that. Yeah, similar the car's running, the yeah. music's on, yeah. and nobody's there. So Leaving a, a, a palm print on the window <laughs> and everything? There, I didn't hear reports about a palm print, Okay, uh, but the investigation is ongoing. Yeah, that's a bummer. So if anybody out there knows, call the Utah... Or just dial 911. I'm sure they can connect you (laughs) with the right people. So that's unfortunate. Um, It is. It is. And Cutler, so I guess that's the first game Cutler's played since then, right? Because he had the the 10 days off after Thanksgiving when they had a big win over the Packers. Mm -hmm. So maybe that was weighing on Cutler because he did not play well. The Bears didn't play too good. Um, They not only gold missing the kicks, uh, but Cutler didn't play well. And, yeah, their D played well. I mean, seven three and outs, they forced the 49ers. I mean, it was same old predictable play calling, as always. We talk about it every single week on here. I feel like I'm beating a horse here. Right. But, I mean, it's just a fact. You see it in front of your eyes. You're like, okay, wait, first down, here comes the run to drone. Okay, all right. Who had 13 carries, 36 yards. Yeah. Uh, Super predictable. But, again, five receptions for 50 yards. I mean, it's just a different offense when Gabbert's Gabbert's in there. Maybe it's just a totally uh, different set of plays because he's got a different skill set than Colin Kaepernick does. But whatever it is, it's working. The 49ers look so bad with Kaepernick at the helm. And with Gabbert, I, I like it. It's, oh, it's yeah. fun to watch. It's, it's not great, but he's it's just, not Kaepernick. He's running the offense. There's yeah. no sputtering. There's no Even when Kaepernick was really playing well, it wasn't your traditional offense. There wasn't. Right. It wasn't exactly. It was like, boom, big play here, big play there. There was no flow to it, you know? And with exactly Gabbert, right. even when it's not an explosive drive or anything, there's just a flow to it. He's he's making the right reads. Yeah. It looks like he's really confident. He knows what's going on. Actually, Pro Football Focus had an article about Gabbert, the most duh headline. Blaine Gabbert is playing a lot better for the Niners than he did for the Jags. That's Wait, the headline. What? <laughs> yeah. Wait, whoa, whoa. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, go to profootballfocus.com if you want to read that article. It goes into much more de- detail right. than that. Uh, Breaks it down a little yeah. bit. <laughs> he really is, though. I mean, he's got a QBR just under 90. I mean, you, you got to love that for your starting quarterback. And he's getting wins. That's the biggest thing, man. He's getting wins. They looked bad in the first quarter. Five yards of offense. Another five yards of offense in the third quarter. Like, it was pretty bad at times. But but then they get they get flowing, as you mentioned, and it just it looks right. You know, he's stepping up in the pocket. He's making the right reads. He's scrambling. He's getting out of trouble. He's picking up first downs with his legs. It's I, I see a future there. I really do. I, I mean, we, we have a great guest coming on in just a little bit, Steve Berman, Bay Area sports guy. I want to get his opinion on this. I want to see what he thinks about Blaine Gabbert going forward because I, I see it. I see it as a possibility. He's still super young. He was a high draft pick. He was in a horrible situation in Jacksonville, and he got thrust into a pretty bad situation here in San Francisco. And he's looking good. He's making the most out of it. Would you would you say he's playing good enough to where you're not trying to draft a quarterback? No, early? no, because you know your your backup Dylan Thompson's not going to be your number two next year. You know, like he's not the future. So yeah, maybe you don't spend a first round draft pick on somebody, but you definitely go out. Maybe you just go out and get a free agent, 
a guy who started elsewhere somewhere. Maybe you bring him in and and he can sit behind Gabbert for a little bit. But, I mean, going forward, Gabbert's got to be your starting quarterback going into the next season, right? I don't think there's any way. Yeah, he has to be the starter going yeah, into 2016. Yeah, he's proven that he can do it. And, and he doesn't even have Carlos Hyde. You know, he doesn't even have the best offensive weapon that the 49ers have. He He's probably not going to play the rest of the year. Why would you play him? I mean, unless some of these playoff scenarios start going their way, which we'll touch uh, on that with Berman as well. Okay. If if there's a, a quarterback and he's available in the first round, I'm drafting the hell out of him. If Are I you? Think, if I think he's great. Really, you, with you all, with all of the, the, the holes that the 49ers have on their offensive line, on their defense, you think that you would still go quarterback? Yes. I, I'm what not going like, to shy away from it because of what I've seen from Gabbert so far. No matter where they are in the draft? I've what I've seen. It, it just depends on who's available. It has to be the guy. You have uh-huh. to be like, this This guy's going to be great. we got to draft him. You so say, There's say, too many, you, It's too important of a position. If you don't have it, you better be... Uh-huh. You better be looking for it. You better be trying your ass off to get it, which is what one of our guests said a few weeks ago from KMBR, Larry Kruger. Right. And that's and I totally agree with that. If you don't have a quarterback, you better be working as hard as you can to get the guy, not just a guy, not just a pretty yeah. good quarterback. You you need a great quarterback in this league to be a really good football team. So I'm trying to do that first. And then but if that guy's not there, mm-hmm. then you have to roll with Gabbert and maybe you pick up another guy and try to develop somebody in the later rounds. See, but, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the the argument that we may have that guy. In Gabbert. I mean, he, he was that guy a few years ago when he got drafted. Right. He's still super young. He's 26 years old. Quarterbacks play until they're almost 40 these days. I mean, right. yeah, the really good ones do. I just feel like, yeah, there are some rumors that we might get, you know, Anthony Davis back. Uh, you know, there, there are rumors that we might get uh, Patrick Willis back. I mean, you didn't read those? No, I didn't hear that. Did oh, oh, dude, there, there are some rumors going around. I think they came out last week or the week before, but there were definitely some like, Patrick Willis has been working out and he's got the itch <laughs> and this and that. And, you know, and those are some things that, you know, that, that would really help this offense, obviously, and this defense. But there are just so many holes. I just don't think that you could spend such an early round draft pick on, on a quarterback when you've got a guy like Blaine Gabbard. I really feel like he is playing well enough to be your starting quarterback. I and, can't believe. It's war- he's playing really good. I can't believe that we're saying this right now. I know because that I was sense like that you just said. I know it, feel, if, it if feels played, dirty coming out of my mouth. If I played past Nick, <laughs> yeah. what future Nick just said, I would, would I would call myself an idiot because yes. I mean you said it. You would evacuate your a long time ago when Kaepernick was <laughs> was playing poorly. You're like everybody's favorite quarterback is the backup quarterback until he gets in there, and, and we we're right. We're like, wow, we can't turn this over to Gabbard. Like, what the heck are we thinking? But the way he's played, maybe Kaepernick looked so bad that he's made Gabbert look so good. I mean, isn't that possible? I, gosh, I... You're not on board with this. I am not going to get too excited too soon with Gabbert. And mm-hmm. I've really liked what I've seen from him. And I think he's a guy that can play in this league. I'm not going to pass on somebody I think is going to be an elite quarterback because of Gabbert. Right. But... Yeah, and that's just it. So okay, you know, all right. I, I think he can. I think he's pretty good, and I I liked what I've seen. And there's a few more games. Maybe he can change my mind and be like, okay, Gabbert's the guy. Let's just roll with it. And there is a lot of holes on this team, like you said. So it is hard to just sit there and be like, oh my gosh, there's a franchise tackle just sitting there for us to take, or you an amazing it, pass right? rusher. You, and, and I'm totally with you. I'm saying it has to be. It still has to be the right guy, and this doesn't really change for any team. If right. You don't just. You don't just take a quarterback because he's a quarterback, right? You know they will draft a quarterback. There's well, no well, doubt in my just, mind. The numbers game. They need. Yeah. They need bodies there, but he has to be the right guy. Mm-hmm. If the right guy at quarterback is there, 
then you take him over all positions. Gabbard or no Gabbard. He is the most important position in all of sports. Right. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with that. But you don't just go running around saying, oh, well, we, just, we have to take quarterbacks, so whatever guy's there, we're going to just yeah, take a they're guy. They're picking 10th and three quarterbacks are off the board. You don't think they'd, they'd go with the fourth best quarterback there, huh? Right, unless they just happen to think that that, that guy was their, was number their one. first. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, all right. Let's but, talk. No, but hey, this I love what I'm seeing from Gabbard. It's fun to watch him play. He's running the offense. Um, I like the smart decisions he makes. He's not turning the ball over. Yeah. He's not perfect by any means. No. But it's he's just he well, looks so much more comfortable than we Kaepernick. We saw him did. hit Smith on that play. The 49ers need to take more shots down the field. I mean, you you won't always connect, but the right. potential for pass interference call, we talked about this earlier in the season. Yeah. Uh, and it opens things up underneath. Um, the O-line doesn't help, you know, throwing deep because he doesn't have a lot of time to be taking these long five, seven-step drops. But you can uh, you can take those shots, you know, whether it's moving Gabbard around in the pocket or whatever to create some time. They, they need to be taking more shots to Torrey Smith. Especially with what Gabbard's shown with his legs. He's shown that he can be very mobile. And, Absolutely. And, and when he is scrambling and running, he's got his head up and he's looking down the field. I love it. Yes. How about uh, Daniel Kilgore? Did you see his uh, his play? I did, yeah. He got a little tight end action. Yeah, I got an extra blocker as a tight end. Yeah. We might see a lot more of that now that we're down to, we didn't really Man. talk about the news at the top, but Garrett Selleck's out. Yeah. McDonald's going to be out. Got that concussion, yeah. So we got Blake Bell's, the lone healthy tight Remember end. Remember when there were like point. nine tight ends heading yeah. into the season? They traded off half of them. And <laughs> so now, happened to that one guy with the cool name? Which one? Oh, oh Busta? Yeah. Yeah, he's on IR. They, they put him oh. on IR at the very beginning of the season. This would be a ni- nice time for him to come in. Right. Yeah. Um, Rory Anderson. He... <laughs> yes, Busta Anderson. That's right. <laughs> what a name. And I, I like Busta Anderson. Yeah, by the way. me too. Shadow man. 49er. He is a more of a big wide receiver than he is a, a you know, but he, he's a, he, he plays angry. So he'll, yeah. hit, he'll hit somebody. He's not just a, a finesse guy, but um, he's not the biggest guy in the world. Maybe he'll put on some weight and, and play more inline tight end in the future, but I've got high hopes, high hopes for him. I think he can make an impact next year. You know, we're talking about injuries real quick. I mean, Lynch also got the concussion. That looked bad. Did you did you see that play when he just kind of like fell to his yeah, knees and, and like his, his arm, arm dropped? I thought it was yeah. an arm problem, and then, then he just kind of showed fell it again. And, and it yeah, like, Ooh, that was scary. Bowman also left. He returned, of course, but you know that was a scary moment. Will Hoyt got the ankle injury, which was kind of good because you got to see where Gerald Hodges had, and he looked better. He looked good. To be honest, he I looked think. good. He he's, played 65 snaps and he's he was quicker. That's for sure. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He, I felt like he was there. You know, like balls there. Oh, there's Hodges. Even if he's not making the tackle, like he's there because he's quick and he can get there. And he had six tackles, one for loss. Right. I was impressed with Hodges. I didn't really follow him closely in Minnesota. Mm-mm, so not at um, all. Yeah, I, I've been impressed with what I've seen from him. Yeah, yeah. It was it was really nice to see. There there was a play in this game that was just ultimate 49ers this season, and it was a punt in the second quarter. And Patton just made this amazing play, diving into the end zone, swatting it back. Yes. And then it looked like every single 49er, including Patton, had a chance <laughs> at that ball, and it goes out the back of the end zone. Yeah, they were just oh. batting it around. It's, yeah. It blows my mind how often these guys handle balls, and they're professional football players. When a ball is on the ground, it's they tough. cannot pick it up. That's why they do fumble drills, man. It bounces funny. It's not, it's not a round ball for Most a reason. Definitely, it's oblong. Yeah, it is definitely an <laughs> oblong ball. So, you know, with the tight end thing, we might see more Bruce Miller, and hopefully we will when he's in. I think the 49ers offense runs better anyways. He can yeah. pass. He can block. He can definitely be that move tight end position, too. Um, maybe see more Bruce Ellington. A little more keypad. Sure. Maybe spread it out a little bit because they just don't have the bodies at tight end right now. Maybe I'm, a little Kilgore out there as an extra blocker. 
I'm going to say this one time. Okay. And I'm going to say it one time now from here going forward because, I've, you know, again, I've beaten the horse. I want to see Jared Haynes suit up. That's it. That's all. I, That's we've it. said it every week. We've said it every week. And, but I'm going to continue to say it every week. It's absolutely just, true. Just come on. Come on. Come on. Suit it's him time. up. It's time. Let's do this. Hey, let's call Steve. Let's get Barry Sports Guy on the line. Okay. He's the founder, BayAreaSportsGuy.com. Follow him on Twitter. You probably already do. At BA Sports Guy Steve Berman. Hey, thank you so much for joining us, Steve. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Hey, I, I man, you wrote an article, the Jed York bubble. I loved it. I was sitting there just giggling the whole time, talking about his very fun win tweet that he sent out. And it was fantastic. Best part about it was your quote. I'm going to quote you right here. Was this a passive-aggressive, how-you-like-them-apples jab at Vic Fangio and Adam Gase? I love that. Is anyone more hated in the Bay Area these days right now than Judd York? I realize that that's a mm. lame answer. <laughs> I would say I would say no, actually. I, I can't think of anyone, at least in the sporting landscape, that right. has the same kind of hate. Really, I mean, even Chris Cohan, when he was the owner of the Warriors and just driving them into the ground, didn't have this much because Cohan knew well enough to be completely silent. He, right. He wasn't silent when he didn't want to talk about what was going on bad and then just pipe up on Twitter after a win. He was just <laughs> completely silent. And that's the thing with Jed. I mean, it's just Jed, you know, he won't talk about anything. He hasn't tweeted about a specific game since week two. And then all of a sudden, you know, very fun win. It, I mean, yeah, I mean, on its own, it was a fun win. It right? was, I sure. Mean, they, he wasn't you know, wrong they, about it. Right. Yeah, I mean, they, they won in overtime, and it was on a long pass after a long touchdown run to tie it and missed field goals and all kind of weirdness. Not really a well-played game, no. but a fun win. But still, I mean, you're you're upping your winning percentage to 333. <laughs> so it's like when the guys are saying, win, I mean, scoreboard, scoreboard, and you're down, or they're yeah. celebrating a touchdown, down three touchdowns. Like, come on. Exactly. It was like, yeah, when Quentin Patton was celebrating his hit yes. in Seattle when they were down 20 to nothing. And, and really, with, with, with you know the owners, I mean, sure, the fans can say it's a fun win, but you know, after a guy says, we don't celebrate division championship banners, we right. don't hoist NFC championship banners, you know, we hoist Super Bowl banners, whatever the quote was, then he's like getting excited about a win over a crappy team in Chicago. It just doesn't <laughs> make much sense. I mean, Jed said so many things, and, and he's really backed himself into a corner. There's probably yes. nothing he can say that's the right thing anymore, so the best thing is probably to say nothing, which yeah. is kind of... The, the the stance he's taken throughout most of this season, but you got to believe that this very fun win was it had to be a jab at, at Fangio, it right? Had to. The Fangio Gase and, and everyone that said, "Oh, they screwed up by not hiring these two guys." You know, that's the thing about it. it maybe it wasn't. Maybe maybe it was totally unintentional, and it was, <laughs> his intentions were pure. I mean, I, that's what I wrote in the story about yeah. about uh, the York bubble. But you know, with his actions over the past year plus everyone's going to start questioning and everyone's going to wonder, well, maybe he was throwing a little jab at Fangio and Gase. And, you know, especially since it was so weird, the whole thing with Parag Marate earlier in the week and, you know, and then leading up to this game. And I, I think with, with mm-hmm. Jen, and I wrote this, you know, it, it's not as much that everyone wants him to stay silent all the time, but I think that if you would have come out and admitted some sort of mistake or, okay, well, some things here could, could have been done a little bit better, but they, the Yorks never admit to a mistake. I mean, that's not just Jed. Right. And they have so much hubris and arrogance whenever they do anything. And there was so much of that when they had the press conference to announce Jim Harbaugh's quote-unquote mutual parting. Ugh. 
And so since then, you, you just go, okay, well, Jed, if you're going to be so front and center and act so cocky, like you know all the answers, and, you know, coaching doesn't really matter, and, or Jim Tom Sewell is a better coach than Jim Harbaugh because you say so. And, and you know, you, you maybe you want to actually show some accountability, which is what you mentioned uh, during that press conference so many times. Instead, he, he's really said nothing, and then right. told Mayoko, oh, I'm not going to talk until after the season. But then he just kind of pipes up on Twitter and acts kind of condescending to the fans. I think he, I, I think he kind of embraces the heel turn that he's taken. They, they've got all their money. I mean, I think it's clear that he knows that people can't stand them, or at least a lot of people can't stand them, and, and I don't think he really cares. Yeah, it's very. Uh, I, Vince McMahon could have written written this Ooh, script, right? There you go for uh, for Jed York. <laughs> and it's funny because it's sort of like I think of it as like the Major League Baseball guys, the steroid guys. Everybody that came out and just said, "Oh yeah, you know what? I screwed up." And then everyone loves him again. Wow. It takes one press conference, it takes one yeah. sentence of being like, yep, my bad, sorry guys. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh, all right, cool, we'll move on. Right. But when you keep trying to play that hand that that you're that you're above it and that, that everything's everything's okay and you're doing all the right things, that's what really makes it worse. And I think that's what really pisses people off. Yeah. Well, back with the Warriors, uh, Joe Laca, when he was just booed almost off of the arena floor during Chris Mullen's retirement ceremony, you know, he actually had only been there for a little bit of time, but he came in just so cocky and, and just telling everyone, hey, we're going to get to the playoffs soon, we're going to win championships, and, 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 you know, the Warriors fans have been beaten down so much over the previous 20 years, and so and then they traded Monte Ellis, so they were just like, dude, stop talking. We don't yeah. want to hear it from you right Prove now. Prove it. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I think really, you know, Niner fans have taken a huge beating. If you look at, you know, not only have they suffered through three really tough losses, and I think Jed suffered through those too, and I think those sort of uh, forced Harbaugh, the Harbaugh exit as much as anything. I think just the emotion of losing these uh, Super Bowl and two NFC championships uh, by such close margin. But the fans dealt with all that, and then they dealt with everything that's happened during this offseason from hell. Ugh. And so, yeah, it's, I think really it's it's a situation where, there's a lot of bait and switch kind of talk going on. You know, people are wondering now, okay, well, why did they keep Harbaugh and then drop him right after everyone bought their SBLs? So it's just, there's just so much going on. It's negative. I mean, granted, I think Jed just kind of feels like, all right, it, it, once we win, everyone will love me again. You guys are all idiots. He already made it clear that he thinks that anyone on Twitter is yelling at him. Isn't really a true representation of, people out there there's a, just a certain level of people do that and, and and i think there's a lot of people when he walks around and, and goes to tech conferences and he, he, you know he's in the stadium around the luxury suite people and maybe a few season ticket holders they probably all tell him that he's great yeah. so you know that's the bubble i'm talking about it's, it's a different world that jed lives in than the ones that are really populated by most standard niner fans who are out there just you know living ordinary lives working 40 hours a week and Hope to see a good game on Sunday. Yeah, you know, it's like that king that sits in the castle and is like, do, do my people love me? And everyone's like, of course they do. You're a great king. They love you so much. Yeah, it's, it reminds me of an emperor who's yeah. uh, nude. You know, right. maybe Jed's, uh, you know, I mean, maybe someone's actually telling him that his hair is, is totally growing in full. And it looks, it looks fantastic. And, yeah, that yeah, spray looks, can stuff great. that you put on top, it really combs naturally over the bald it, spot. You're killing it's it. Perfect. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> hey, uh, Steve, a lot of people writing off Blaine Gabbert, calling him a stopgap bridge quarterback. The more I watch this guy, though, the more I'm impressed. He's got a pretty bad offensive line, no running game. His tight ends keep dropping like flies. I mean, if he continues to play well, he's only 26. Can't he be the future here in San Francisco? 
It's it's tough with quarterbacks because you know everyone's looking for a so-called franchise quarterback, and there's like what six? I mean mm-hmm. five. It's it's really right. tough to pinpoint all these elite quarterbacks when there aren't that many of them. And I think Gabbard definitely looks better than what Kaepernick looked like. I think Kaepernick just unraveled as the season went on, no doubt, and didn't really know what he was doing by the end. And, and I think Gabbard has looked good at times. I do think though there's a lot of window dressing here in terms of generally he isn't asked to do very much. And there are a, not very many third downs that he's converted. He was better at it in this last game, but still, there were a lot of three and outs early in that game. And they, and then they, and then they, uh, you know, I think he had like ninety something yards passing in the first four quarters. Yeah, seven three and outs. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, they definitely struggled. And what they go zero for seventeen in a row on third down conversions or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty futile when you, whenever they're on third down, and mm-hmm. a lot of that is because of play calling. I think. You know, yeah. How many times they're running Sean Drone on first down, then a short pass on second down, and then play action and, and incomplete. And- <laughs> exactly. So I mean, some of his passes look really good. I mean, obviously, I think I think he threw some really nice back shoulder throws against Atlanta, and I think that he threw some nice throws to Vance McDonald against Seattle, and I think obviously that pass to Torrey Smith was right on the money. I mean, Torrey is wide open. Wide, yeah. So, but there's also some pretty inaccurate throws, too. He also has three interceptions in four games, and I think he's probably lucky he doesn't have five or six. Sure. So I think that he's done enough to at least warrant the chance to compete for a starting job next year. I mean, how long that he ends up being good? I mean, I think he'll be in the league for another you know, five to ten years. Oh, of course. The way the quarterbacks are. But is he a starter for a playoff team? I'm still kind of juries out on that one, but in terms of who they can get next year, will he be better than that quarterback? I think the chances are pretty good. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think he's definitely earned the chance to, I mean, he's going to walk into the starting job next year, right? Unless something insane happens and somebody's available that that you didn't think would become available and the 49ers pick him up. Because even if you draft a guy, I'm a big proponent of letting a guy sit. No doubt about that. You at least make somebody earn the job. And you don't just throw a guy in just because he's a rookie, just because you spent a first-round draft pick on him and just throw him into the fire. And obviously I think uh, Gabbert's shown enough to, to have that job, but that also leads me to um, uh, Jim Tom Sula, Trent Baalke. Sure. Do you think they've earned that same right to be the guys in 2016? Mm. Well, uh, earned and will get are completely different things. <laughs> yeah. Fair I, enough, I fair mean, enough. I, I, I haven't really seen a whole lot from Jim Tom Sula in terms of innovation that makes me say that. I mean, I think they play hard for him. I think that was proven against Chicago. I mean, I found that they, they looked really lackluster against Seattle, and I thought maybe he was losing the team completely. But in the last two games since then, it looks like you know he's at least he's at least still got them listening and playing, which is which is is good. Mm-hmm. However, innovation wise, and that also goes to the offensive coordinator as well, defensive coordinator as well. There, there's not a whole lot there. I don't think he's a brilliant football mind. I think he's a good football coach, but I'm not sure he's a head coach. But I don't think there's any chance that the, the Yorks let him go. I mean, Mayoko had something in his article saying that Denise DeBartolo York was, uh, you know, was on the field and hugged Tom Sula after the win. So I, I think that he's a perfectly he's, – he's just totally popular with the York family, and that's all they need right now. And they're not going to admit a mistake and say, okay, well, we screwed up. He's a one-and-done guy. And then Balky, too, I think – I think we're going to see, and I, and I wrote at the end of the uh, the Jed York bubble article was, I already know it's going to happen here. I mean, they're not going to blame Trent for this. They're going to blame the retirements, and mm-hmm. they're going to blame Kaepernick. 
and maybe they'll blame Jeep Chris as well a little bit and say that Jeep Chris is actually Kaepernick's guy, which is already out there in that Alba Free article that, you know, supposedly, you know, Kaepernick, they wanted to replace Chris last year and Kaepernick pleaded with them to not do so. So I, I think I think those are your scapegoats. I think you know, they're just going to blame pretty much they're going to blame Chris Borland and Anthony Davis for and and for screwing things up with their retirements and then some of the other bad things that happen in the bad luck wise. But we're still positioned for success next year. And also remember, I mean, this end schedule here, they really could go six and ten or even seven and nine. I mean, they're playing the Browns, the Lions, and the Rams in the last four games here. So. If they finish, if they finish seven and nine, then they're going to talk about how this team is actually, you know, poised for a playoff run right. next year. Just a couple of pieces. If they go six and ten, they'll still be well. You know, the young players are are stepping up, and we got some good things for the future. I, I just, even though a lot of the fans are looking right through this and going, this is not a good team. This is a team that should be tanking for a better draft pick. I don't think that's how the front office is going to paint this at all. And I think everyone keeps their jobs. Right, we talked about this earlier in the season when it looked like the season was just so bleak, and right. I was thinking, man, it's going to be impossible to get a top five draft pick just because the strength of schedule, first of all, is going to break the tie, and we're going to be picking behind a lot of teams that have the same record. If we have the, if we do end up with the same record as some teams, and also uh, with the the end of the schedule for the 49ers, you mean you got the Browns, like you said, and the the Rams and the Lions, the Bengals, they get at home. The Rams are at home, home as well, and they've been a different team at home um, than they have on the road this season. So I'm I'm with you. This it's looking. I mean, it's up and up for 49ers fans. You, you kind of you're I mean, at least for me. I want to see a great draft pick. You know, I want and I, you already the playoffs are out. Or actually, I just saw today. I think there was less than one percent chance. It was like a point zero zero nine six percent chance. Yeah, I've got the Do playoff chances right here. Yeah, they need to win out, and thirty four other games need to go their way. <laughs> That's thanks to Niners Nation right there. Yeah, shout well, out. Man, yeah, hey, you know, it's uh, there's always a chance, right. right? I mean, I think I think Seattle have to lose like all the rest yes. of their games. Yes. But yeah. yeah, if nothing else, I think that'll say, save Tom Sula's job, you know, because you can't fire a coach that's first year and gone through, you know, all the changes in the roster that the 49ers have. And then he looks really good and wins more games than he loses in the second half of the season. Right. If something like that happens, then it's, it's going to be really hard for them to fire him. Um, but with Balky, I've been of the opinion that if you let him draft a QB, then you got to let him play that out. So it's either you move on from him now or you're going to wait three more years to see what this team looks like and what these young players that he's drafted the last few years turn out to be, you know, unless there's a huge, a huge catastrophe, Trent's got to be back. Do you agree? Trent's going to be back. I mean, if you, if you just look at this organization's history, they don't like to hire from outside the the company. And and Trent was a guy who was promoted from within when McLuhan was let go. And who would be his replacement if they let, let him go now? I mean, I, I, I sort of predicted that if they did actually pin a lot of this on Trent and let him go, that Parag would step in and be the general wow. manager. I mean, his dad, you know, John York, Jed's dad said back in 2005 that he didn't think that Parag had quite the uh, the experience to be a general manager back then. This is back when Parag was in his 20s. But he thought that he could get it over time, and that was after he had helped Yorks with their head coaching search to end up with Mike Nolan uh, uh, Nolan was one of uh, Prague's, I guess, five finalists, and and then they ended up picking Nolan. But I, I just don't see a, a viable replacement, and mm-hmm. I don't think that they're gonna. You know, Je- Trent was right there with Jed at the end of last year. I don't think they're gonna say, okay, well we screwed up. They're not gonna admit a screw up. I think right. they're just gonna pin it on all the stuff that was bad. I think, like I said, yep. the retirements and Kaepernick. They, you know, that's that's pretty much bombed the season. So once we, were, we, had, we get all that stuff cleaned up. 
Trader Trent, hashtag Trader Trent's going to just have an amazing draft. And yeah, I, I, just, I don't see, yeah, I don't, I don't see it now. I don't, I don't see any, any major changes like that. I think they'll let go of Chris and yeah. or reassign him or something like that. And, and maybe like Tony Sperano ends up being the offensive coordinator or something like that. And, you know, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe they'd find someone from outside the company, the organization to be an offensive coordinator. Heard some yeah, Mike Holmgren general. chatter for there. Uh, Holmgren, <laughs> it comes up in the 49ers <laughs> offseason every single, every single year. year. Well, I mean, I, I reported this last offseason that he was interested. I mean, yeah. I had gotten that from a pretty good source that, that he said he was interested and he was actually, he really wanted to talk to him. And the 49er, then he, he came out later on a radio show, I think in Seattle. Uh, I'd say like two months later and said, yeah, yeah, I was interested. I reached out, but the 49ers are looking for younger candidates. I mean, you know, the Niners don't like uh, what they call legacy employees and they had to deal with a, with a lawsuit for age discrimination. I think they settled it, but uh, yeah, they, they didn't want an older coach like Holmgren. And they, they also, they don't want anyone who's part of the Eddie D right. foundation at all. So that's why Shanahan, mm. even though they talked to him, there's no chance Shanahan was going to be the guy and Shanahan would want too much power for them anyway. Is that just Jed? He doesn't want to have My that team. over his head My anymore. Team. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's. I don't think Eddie and, and Jed even talk anymore. I mean, Eddie wow. actually invited Jim Harbaugh to uh, this benefit in uh, in the off season, some sort of charity kind of dinner deal, and uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh went on Twitter. You know, speaking of uh, sort of passive aggressive tweeting, <laughs> yes. and it's like, you know, thank you so much for the invitation to the great Eddie DeBarlo. I wish I could make it, but I'm. I think he was like going to some sort of, uh, you know, charity thing himself somewhere. I can't remember where he was going, but he he couldn't make it. But he let the whole world know that he was invited. So if, if Eddie D is inviting Jim Harbaugh to stuff after the mutual parting right. stuff happened, I think you kind of see what's going on. And and, and Carmen policy doesn't speak well of the Orcs at all. And that, and really, Eddie and Carmen are pretty much in lockstep in most things. Oh, so sad. That is sad. We a. Uh, Great coverage, by the way, on BayAreaSportsGuy.com. You and Kyle McClure covering the Prague thing when that went down. Mm-hmm. That was fun to follow on Twitter. All of a sudden, some late-night yeah. late news breaking. Uh, so will we see an end to the leaks with Prague gone? If not, uh, will we know it's Jed if the leaks continue? Or, I mean, it seemed like there was some stuff coming from the locker room as well because guys like Deion Sanders were coming out and getting tidbits and saying stuff, and that doesn't seem like it would be a york Prague leak. I always, I always guessed that it was Anquan Bolden due to the Florida State connections that was kind of <laughs> chattering on the side. Who knows? But uh, where are you at with the leaks? I, I, well, I, I know for a fact that the stuff that uh, Kyle and I have gotten to this team has nothing to do with Prague. So it's, you know, that, just because Prague is reassigned, and, and I was listening to Matt Barrows earlier today on KBR, he said that, Prague made the road trip and was sitting in his normal seat next to Trent Baalke. So, you know, I, I kind of think that that move might have been sort of, you know, a little bit of uh, PR. Hmm. Kind of let let, the, let everyone know that Prague is in control of the entire thing, but he still is kind of in control. And then Prague gets to uh, do a lot of money, you know, stuff to make more money for mm-hmm. himself and for the, for the organization. But, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think that this means anything for the leagues. I mean, you know, a couple days later – Adam Schefter is tweeting out that the 49ers actually still are interested maybe in bringing Colin Kaepernick back. And anyone with a brain looks at that. I mean, I, I made fun of that tweet. It's like, okay, well, I wonder who told him that to try to boost Kaepernick's <laughs> sure. non-existent trade sure value. Right. Right. So it's, it, you know, that, that was one that came. I mean, there's, they're still going to be texting the national reporters 
and players and coaches are still going to talk to people and other people in the organization are still going to spill the beans when they want to. It's just when, when you have a dysfunctional organization, I mean, any organization really, but if you have a dysfunctional team, people are going to get disgruntled and people are going to, you know, start whispering and, and, and not only that, but you know, the Yorks are the ones who decide when all the stuff's going to get leaked. It's not like Prague was, you know, if he was the leaker, which, you know, so Cali Seth said, it, it, you know, on all these different things, it's not like he was just like this rogue leak guy, you know, I mean, just doing it on his own. And then Jed's like, Prague, I told you to stop. Please, no more leaks. Keep everything in house. I can't help it. Yeah. I, oh, it wasn't me, Jed, I swear. No, that's not what's going on. I mean, the Yorks know exactly what's going on. And uh, they're either doing it themselves or, you know, or they kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge, good job, Prague, you know. They, they, all this stuff is, is, is definitely coming from the top down. It's not like Prague was just this maverick leaker who, you know, could not be stopped and now they've finally done so. In fact, I think he's, he's still going to be in the building all the time anyway, so he'll have just as much information. Citizen 49, maybe? Anybody? <laughs> exactly. Uh, one more thing. The Jay Mariotti stuff is, is insane. Oh, yeah, that's great. Jay Mariotti seems to be insane. Oh, it's, yeah. yeah it's, it's, and, well, it's funny. He's always been insane. I used to be a bartender, and I still have a lot of bartending friends around town. And uh, one guy said that he was downtown San Francisco not too long ago. This was about four or five months ago. He doesn't know about all the Twitter stuff. My, my friend, he's not on Twitter. He's like, do you know the guy I used to be on that show on ESPN, sports writer guy? He was at the bar the other day, and fuck, what an asshole this guy was. He's going off about how he couldn't wait to tell everybody around him who he was and, and how really? important he was and what he does. And he was just a loudmouth wow. drunk. POS oh, basically. Yeah. So. I, I've heard very, a lot of similar stories with him trying to start fights with people in the media. And I don't know. I mean, I wrote some stuff about him when the examiner hired him, just like, oh gosh, you know, this is a guy who was, uh, who pled no contest to, you know, beating up his girlfriend, right. and pulling her hair and all this stuff. And threatening her. And, uh, and then I, uh, just sort of kind of making fun of his appearance on with Dennis O'Donnell because he just looks so sweaty and, <laughs> and, and haggard. I didn't really right. know what was going on there. But that was months ago. That was like back in April. And then, yeah, like uh, I think it was like Halloween night at midnight, he tweets out something about me making, you know, that I was, you know, he, he Killian and Cal Kami and Bruce Jenkins and Osler and uh, Marcus Thompson. I might be missing one. You know, they all kill it. I, I don't know who this various sports guy is. <laughs> And, and then he deleted it, which he deletes all of his tweets. Yeah, were, you know, other than his articles. I mean, he's he's still like at ninety tweets, even though he probably has actually tweeted like five hundred times. <laughs> so he and then so someone, you know, a couple of people who follow me were like letting me know that he said something, and so then I said, you know, the next morning I posted a tweet of like, what a you know tough guy Mariotti is. You know, what would he expect? You know, deleting the insult, but what would he expect from a someone who beats women and so then he just kept on going with this like uh, Sausalito sports guy and Oakland sports guy like he, just, wow. just, he was just naming every city in the Bay Area and, and and then he was just and then he would delete it all and then he would and then he would do it again he did it again like a, a couple of days ago so I don't know he's just like obsessed and that's the kind of the, the scary thing is I don't want a guy like that who's I mean obviously I, I mean I've heard the same kind of stories as your friend did and and so also, he's kind of a lurker in bars. Deadspin had like a bunch of like people who would take pictures of him at bars in Chicago. He sort of stands in the corner and like stares at people. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look up Mariotti lurker. We we'll call him Barry, uh, a creepy guy. Yeah. Bay Area lurker. Oh, yeah. So creepy, you know. And he's like, 
he's like, oh, well, you know, Sausalito sports guy, blah, blah. I said, uh, and I'm getting a restraining order against domestic violence sports guy. Oh, nice. <laughs> good times, good times. Good times for yeah, sure, yeah. Steve. Yeah, He's like, the founder of BayAreaSportsGuy.com. Follow him on Twitter, at BA Sports Guy. He's Steve Berman. Steve, great stuff as always. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, but thank thanks, you. Steve. Yeah, that guy, man, he's great. If you're not following him, you got to follow him at BA Sports Guy. Not only Niners, but you know, Giants, A's, Warriors. Yeah, it's solid. If you are a Bay Area sports fan, he, he's the guy for sure. Hey, this weekend, Niners on the road again in Cleveland, taking on the Browns, who are a worse football team than the 49ers. Two and ten, worst in the league. Really, really bad. One and five at home. That that's got to be sad for those Cleveland fans. They are, <laughs> but I feel like you can say that every year, right? There, it's insane yeah. how they cannot get any traction, and they sabotage their their themselves. Head coach Mike Pettin, he alluded to some tension in the organization uh, in in his interviews leading up to this game. Not too surprising when things go so south for a team. You know, they own the number one overall pick in the draft right now. If the season in today, weird. Um, but he said, quote, I can't sit here and say absolutely we're all on board 100%. That's not reality because when things don't go well, everybody has their opinions and their reasons why. But it's going to come down to a brutal self-assessment and to be able to have the strength to make tough decisions and trust them and move forward. I like that. That's that's fantastic. It just sounds like he, he's like, okay, listen, ownership and general managers and everyone above me. Like, let's get, in the, get on the same page here. We're right. not doing stuff right. Like it sounds like the people upstairs want Manziel to be the starter more than Petten does. Right. And that's tough. I mean, that's that's the kind of thing that either gets the head coach fired or, you know, or you you let a guy like Manziel go and maybe he goes somewhere else and does really well cuz he's looked a whole lot better this year than he did last yeah, year. Oh, he's developing. It takes time with quarterbacks. It does. We had talked about that with with Steve about drafting a quarterback. You got to let a guy sit for a while. Yeah. You don't just roll right in. Occasionally there's guys that are ready to do that, you know, your fifth-year seniors that have played a lot of football. And are really just are just men, but mm-hmm. these these are young guys. They're they're not ready to come in and just command these NFL veterans and command a locker room. And maybe that's it. Maybe Manziel doesn't have that. I mean, this is a team that's last in the league in nearly every offensive category. They've lost seven straight. I mean, give him the ball. Like, see if he can do it. You I, know, I'm with their front office people on this. I, you, Manziel has to finish you, out the season because if you're going to yeah. trade him, you got to create some value. You got to you got to know what you have there. Mm-hmm. Before you spent you a high draft ship. pick. He's not been. Hit with suspensions, no, with the, by the league. You know he's not been arrested and he's not like hurting people in the off season and he's not like beating people. Right, he's just have partying on the side, which is but not the most. In, uh, you knew what you were getting when you drafted this that, guy, dude. Absolutely, absolutely. Look, Justin Smith. Yeah, he has a Budweiser tattoo on his arm. The guy likes to have a beer, right? Right. And, which is probably or pretty or common. 17. Yeah, he could probably put him down. <laughs> yeah. So that's it's just that Manzel's on people's. Video cameras. It's TMZ, and, man. Right. That's exactly what it is. It's, but anyways, but you knew who you were getting you when you knew. drafted him. There was this, no question there. I want to read you what I wrote about Manziel coming into the draft. All right. I had him as my number five ranked QB that year. What I, did I he was go? not a big fan. He was the sec he was the second after okay. Bortles. And when uh-huh. Bortles number three, then Manziel, then Bridgewater right after oh, Manziel Bortles. at the end of the round. Um I had Bridgewater, Garoppolo, Bortles, Carr, then Manziel. Ooh. This is what I said about him at the time. Bottom line is he can't play his college style in the NFL. Manziel has a good arm and athleticism. He can turn a dud play into a spectacular play, but he must prove he can be a leader and operate from within the pocket in the NFL. Manziel can be a star or an epic flameout. I would not want any part of that circus if I'm an NFL GM. Right. I'm with you. You know, uh, when he got benched a couple weeks ago, too, everyone there were rumors about the 49ers 
going after him. And yeah. that, that to me, was no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. I, I heard that same thing, and I don't know where that comes from. I'm sure it was a bunch of 49ers whatevs. and Browns have been oddly connected in the rumor universe yeah. the last couple of years. And then Andy Lee kind of was like, oh, yeah. okay. So they oh, obviously – Yeah, Phil Dawson, too. There's I mean, obviously there was some connections there. So some so crossover. Maybe they know something. But – I, mean, I got to believe he's wasn't Eddie D. Didn't he have something to do with the uh, the Browns at some point? It was a Carmen policy, or there was policy something. was there. Yeah, yeah. All right, I knew there was some sort of connection. You got to believe though he'd be the perfect fit to sit behind Tony Romo next year in Dallas, mm-hmm. and then maybe become the guy there. How annoying would a good Johnny Manziel be on the Cowboys though? Oh man, with Jerry Jones and that's Jerry just, Jones that seems like guys. the right fit. I don't know. Yeah, it just I seems know, like I, it almost has to happen. I remember he really wanted to draft McFadden so bad, and they oh, didn't. Yeah, have, yeah Arkansas they, boys. Yeah, and then boom, look, look where he is now. You know, he just he goes after these guys. Like I wanted you a long time ago. And I saw a thing where that they had uh, Manziel as one of the top five players in the draft that year. Didn't and they he, pass on him? Though? They passed on him. Yeah, yeah, they passed on him, and they went with the offensive lineman. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the on on who they drafted. But, I mean, I guess if you do Zach draft Martin, him draft. there, you yeah. really piss off Romo. Because Romo's not old by any means. And if you take a guy that high... Well, they could have used him this year. They could oh, use somebody. Ugh. Ugh. It's ugly. <laughs> it's ugly. Just like the, the Browns are ugly, man. Oh, Giving okay. up the second most points. They, they have the worst rushing offense in the league, too. I mean, like... Can you name who their starting running back is right now? Like, I can name two running backs on their team. Well, yeah, they got Duke Johnson and yeah, they got and Isaiah, Isaiah Crowell. Crowell. Yeah, and, they're and both neither, guys. Yeah, they're, they're just, just guys. Well, they're kind of like Sean Drone, let's be honest. Like, Drone's just... They uh, cut Drone. Yeah. <laughs> that says a lot. Right. It really does. Although, yeah, Drone's look pretty solid. One of the yeah. eight teams that have cut Drone so far in his career. We didn't mention this when we were talking about the recap, but uh, Cadet got in there a little bit. Yeah, he did get a he little run. Pretty, he looked pretty good. He looked he's pretty quick. quick. Yeah, yeah, he's the, the right kind of guy you want to have... With a guy like Drone, probably. Yeah, yeah, a nice change of pace guy. He can catch the ball in the backfield, too. Yeah, which is uh, part of this 49er offense has been lacking up until these last four games with, with Gabbard. Maybe it's because Gabbard doesn't have the arm strength to, to get it down the field. Although they take chances. Big bomb at the end. That was great. Anyone could have made that pass, though. I mean, Smith was pretty wide open. He was wide open. I didn't... Blown cover. It's funny because it was the big Fangio matchup, you know. Yeah. And I was, I mean, I was, every, a lot of Fire Niners fans were looking after that. I was like, okay, this is the Fangio mm-hmm. show. Is he going to completely come in and just slap the 49ers around yeah. and make them look really dumb? Well, there are a lot or... of third down pressures with just four guys rushing. So he definitely drew up some good schemes there. Yeah. And, um, but man, the, the 49ers responded. It was a, a closely fought, hard fought, bad game is how I would. <laughs> yeah, you know, it would have been much more fun to root for a game like this two months ago or a month oh, and a half man. ago. Yeah, when, if they were like the week, yeah. week two on the schedule. Yeah, yeah. At this point, it's like, oh, you're three and eight, and yeah, oh, you're gonna win this game. All right, all right. It's it's never bad when they win a game. It's just where where are you going with this? You know, come on. <laughs> I don't I don't want the, them to lose, but. I can tell you one Ugh. thing: a safety is going to be at the top of their draft board, draft needs in the offseason for yeah. the Bears. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. they weren't good in coverage. That might or be a tackling. free agent thing that they go after to <laughs> yeah, exactly. really feel a hole there. Uh, but back to the Browns; they're yes. on a seven-game losing streak right now. Not good. They are going in the wrong direction, and they didn't really start out in a very good direction. <laughs> no, uh, they no, had an they overtime not. win over the Ravens, and then they've lost seven straight since then. That was back. Who was their other win against? They won week two against the Titans. Oh, all right. Yeah, Titans aren't that bad. Ravens Titans are, are pretty bad. Titans are getting better. Yeah. I mean, you got a young quarterback. They I got love, that young quarterback that looks good. I love Marcus Mariota. How about yes. that 80-yard touchdown run he had? That was pretty awesome. He, uh, Doriel Green Beckham I like a lot, too. I Me think too. that can be a future 
studly combination there in Tennessee. If they got the right coaching staff in place, keep keep working on things mm-hmm. over there. They, they might be headed in the right direction. Unlike the Browns, they who are going to be drafting another quarterback, it looks like. Yeah. They're never headed in the right direction. Uh, Brandon McCarthy, who was a great follow pitcher for the Dodgers. Unfortunately, he's on the Dodgers now, but he's out with Tommy John. Mm-hmm. But he's a great follow on Twitter. He says, says some funny things. And he said uh, something about how the Browns just did the most Browns thing ever. And he, you hear that about the Lions right, yeah. too. Yeah, those <laughs> but he wasn't franchises. watching the game, and so he's like, what did they do? Just draft another crappy QB? Ah! Yeah. That's the Brandon Whedon wasn't a good draft. <laughs> he was thirty years old. I know. Him. That was so ridiculous. Yeah, that was the most obvious bad draft pick, and they—that's the things that the Browns do right now. Yeah. It's got to be tough being a Browns fan. Tim Couch didn't he get drafted by oh, them? Yeah, Couch. Oh, we could. Go Couch on was and in on a terrible that. situation too. Yeah, on top of that, was of when they were expanding. And so he just had nothing. That was a bare-bones franchise mm-hmm. he walks into. And Poor it's guy. kind of what happened with Blaine Gabbert. That's why there's yeah. a little bit of hope there that he's got first-round talent. I got a lot of hope, man. It's building every single day. It's ballooning up. Don't pop it. <laughs> don't do it. I don't want to pop it. I want to see him continue to do well. Good. Uh, I like the guy, and I like what I've seen from him. And he's got five more weeks. And you know what? In the schedule, this is he could do some damage. He really could. I mean, th- those are four winnable games. Yeah, the, the Cincinnati game is going to be really tough, but this it's is tough. a good home football team. And then the Rams are also going to be tough, but again, it's at Levi's Stadium. They've proven that they the defense shows up at home. How about this? How about this? Mm-hmm. How about a winning streak for the San Francisco 49ers? I mean, it sounds good. I just don't They have the know. chance this week. Yeah, that's true. This is That would be their first winning streak of the season. That's horrible to say. It is, it's awful. It's horrible to hear. It's horrible that it's a fact. But it's the way it's been this season. And but that, that, it's which 49ers team is going to show up. Yeah. Um, the Browns are by far the worst team on their schedule. Although the Lions are close second with, their, although they've well, played the Lions, a little bit better recently. Yeah, they went on. What did they start like zero and six or one and six or something, and then went on a huge win streak. I believe so. Yeah, three or four or five games in a row. Yeah, they they lost a heartbreaker too to Green Bay last Thursday on that hail mary pass. Yeah, they did win three in a row. They they blew out the Eagles 45-14 yeah. a couple weeks ago before they lost to Green Bay. Yeah, 49ers, have, they, they could easily, I could see them very easily. I called 6-10 and 10 at the beginning of the season, but 6-9 and nine is looking, or six, I'm sorry, 7-9. and nine Are they just going to Yeah, they're just going to be like, let's not play the Cincinnati <laughs> game. Let's just go ahead. We'll give let's you guys the win. It. We're out. Don't count it as a loss. I, 7 and, and, uh, and 9 looks very legitimate, right? It's definitely possible. I'm not going to go that far, but I think they will win – at least two of the the remaining games. Yeah, so six and ten. That's, you know, that's Those where division I games, the Rams, I, I don't know what to think about the Rams because sometimes they look really good. Yeah. And they got to get their quarterback situation figured out, man. That's the thing, man. Any team that's struggling is saying the same thing. Got to get that quarterback mm-hmm. position filled. You're right. You're right. I'd be okay if they if they spend a high draft pick on somebody. I mean, but at the same time, don't thrust them in there. You know, don't, don't just be like, oh, hey, Blaine Gabbard, remember when we did this to you? We're going to do it to this guy now. And don't draft the wrong guy. Hey, Alex that'll Smith. Set your, that's, you know, hey, that's where GMs are. Yeah. That's where they lose their jobs. They draft the wrong quarterback. You can't do that. You can't. You set your franchise back years when you do that. You're exactly right, especially when you use that high draft pick, Don. That's them. right. But I'm going to predict a winning streak, the 49ers. Yeah. I haven't predicted a win for the Niners in a long time. And I'm actually happy to say that I've got the 49ers. Vegas has Cleveland favored by one and a half. It opened even, so it's, it's changed a little bit. Yeah, All so right. they've got the home team up by one and a half now. I would definitely put my money on the 49ers. Yeah, I'd even give up some points with the 49ers. Well, here's the thing. I don't know. 
the 49ers aren't going to blow anybody out. They're just not scoring enough points. Yeah. But and I, that's the step I would like to see Gabbert take. That's the step I would like to see. If, if you want me to be really excited about the 2016 49ers, and I one do. of the things I want to be excited about. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. That's one of the things you want to see yeah. is you want to see the offense run. You want to see them put points on the board. Of course. And right now they're not doing that. They, they needed overtime and a pick six to get 26 points last week. Yeah, well put. It's it's a fact. They're not a great football team. They're not even a good football team. They're right now they're they're an average football team. You look around the league, you know, how many teams well, they're, right now are sitting at four and eight? You there's know, so I many mean, bad teams. Yeah. You look, it's it's seven insane. teams are at four and eight. It's going back to the eighties and nineties where there was a few really good teams and everyone else is just like kind yeah. of screwed. And that's kind of what the NFL's looking like this year. Yeah. Parody is kind of out the window at this point. It's really quite odd. It's it's you know, I hate to say it, but yeah, I kind of like it. I kind I don't like that the 49ers are on the bad end of this. Right. But but yeah, I mean it's it's brutal when like a, you know, a 9 and 7 team doesn't make the playoffs or something. You know, that's that's heartbreaking. Or like the NFC East this year. <sighs> Gross. That we're looking at 6 and 10 teams. Yeah. They could all be <laughs> I saw one scenario where there was a situation where all four teams could be 6 and 10 tied at the end of the year and one of those teams would make the playoffs. Is it weird that I want that to happen? <laughs> At some point, you got to have a stipulation where if you're not 500, your division loses the automatic bid, and the next you get an, there's an extra wild card or something. You just can't right? do it though. I mean, you play those extra games against your division. You know, it's but that would still there's not I enough know. games in your division that would make that still okay to be that bad and, and take a playoff spot. If you could come up with something, sell me on it, I might go right. with it. But right now, no way, man. No. I love divisions. I love that you could be a bet. You know, because then you get in. Didn't the Seahawks, when they got in at under 500, didn't they win their first playoff game? I'm pretty sure they did. That sounds right. Yeah, they're like the only team to ever make it under 500, and then they won their first round. I think they beat the Cowboys, actually. I don't know. I might just be making that up. It might be on the Tony Romo botched uh, snap on the field goal or something. (laughs) I I might be mixing up like three or four different scenarios there. I think you are. I think we should just end this show right now because (laughs) you're starting to get weird. I love weirdness. Get out of Where are you at? What do you think? What, do you have a score in mind? Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a three, three to five point win on the 49ers. I would give up. I would. I'd give up two and a half. Would be would be the most I would give up and take the 49ers. But I, if they're going to give me points in the Niners, hell yeah. It, I'd be more confident if the 49ers weren't such a Jekyll and Hyde team this year, especially on the road. Back to back 10 a.m. starts. Yeah, on the road. Want to see those good? If the good 49ers show up, they're they we're going to have the biggest win of the season probably. Good. I hope so. Since since week one, basically. Man, that, remember week one. Everybody was so ah, happy. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe they are good. And that's what's crazy. You you were you had that one zero start yeah. too. I'll drink the Kool Aid. Oh man. Yeah. Reminiscing. I'm gonna go back yeah. and listen to the Week One podcast now, just to remind myself how good that felt. <laughs> Remember when we were so happy to think, and excited. Right. Yeah. Because because back then we're thinking we were looking at this same stretch of the season that we're on now. We're like, okay, see that's that's where the playoff runs yeah. gonna come in because we've got really we can win out there at the end of the year. We've got the sure. Bears and the Browns and the Lions. We're like, we'll beat, we'll win one of those Cardinal games at home. Right. They're exactly. Not that good. We'll split with the Seahawks. <laughs> we always split with the Seahawks. Yeah. We always split with the Rams. Oh. Yeah. It's been a rough one. It has. Uh, this year, I think, it, it sucks that it's the Browns because there's not many Browns fans around. Mm-hmm. But if any 49ers fans, you can, you can at least feel good to be like, you know what? You know what, Browns fan friend? 49ers going to run you this what? week. You what? Know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you have any Browns fans? <laughs> friends? I don't have any. I, I don't know any Browns fans at I all. Know I've never like met one in my life. I, I have a couple. I've never met one. Not one. No, not, not one ever, to be completely oh. honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if I went to a game, I'd meet one, but yeah, nothing. And you know who's going to be there this weekend? Andy Lee. Hey, hey, yeah, 
He's a fan of the Browns. <laughs> Maybe. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. He's getting some good numbers because he gets to punt so much. Bradley Pinion's not, though. Would you got any Pinion inside the 20 today? Ah, he's garbage. He almost had that one. <laughs> I know. I yeah, know. That was, I was that. I think every he time had, he punts now, I think of you. I'm pretty, uh, I hate that I'm associated <laughs> with it. And hundreds of podcast listeners are probably doing the same thing. Yeah, like, like, oh, 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 oh there's one. It's Remember when Wink liked that guy? <laughs> oh, he looked good. He's got a leg. He, there, there's potential there. Yeah, he's young. He's on the Gabbert plan. Give him plan. a year. There, on the Gabbert plan. You want me to like him like I want you to like Gabbert? No, no. I'm saying once he's on his next team uh, and he's 26, be like, oh, this it. guy's our future. So in four years or five years. Got it. All right. I'm in. I'm not, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip this on you. Now Please I'm all do. about I'm all about Pinion now. Pinion inside the 20. Off. All right, I'm think, off, dude. I'm off. I'm, I'm, I believe in the leg. All right. I think in offseason, he's going to work with his special teams coach. You make a t-shirt. I believe in the leg. Yes. <laughs> all right. At Bay Area Wink is where you can find Nick Winkler. You can find me at BD Peacock. iTunes, subscribe. If you like the show, drop us a review. Instagram, phone, 415-858-0094. Email, goldfaithful49 at gmail. For Nick Winkler, I'm Brian Peacock. We will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. See you.